What's going on, everybody? Daryl Freider, the club CEO here. We have another amazing episode of the My DJ Story podcast brought to you by the club app, the number one live streaming app for DJs and partygoers. Today, we have my brother, DJ Grep Ambient. Brother, can you please introduce yourself to the people who you are and where you're from? Sure. Uh, well, first of all, thank you, Daryl, for having me on the uh, show. And I'm excited to be able to share my story a little bit with, with your audience. Um, so, yeah, my, my name is Greg Holman, a.k.a. DJ Greg Ambient, and I, you know, grew up on the Jersey Shore in a town called Wall Township near Manuscon and Point Pleasant, and um, I was always musically inclined. Um, I studied some instruments as a kid. I played piano, alto sax, played tuba in the marching band. I was an avid uh, collector of music. At that time, they was delivered on cassettes, vinyl. Uh, but I was a music junkie from a from a pretty young age, and um, I never thought about becoming a DJ. Uh, but I was was something actually that I circled back. Music is something I circled back to a little bit later in life. So um, similar to yourself, I went to uh, TCNJ to pursue my education in um, business administration and finance. And um, I worked for some cool companies after I graduated, um, you know, in investments and stock markets. So I was actually um, traveling a lot to Southeast Asia. Um, I would usually be on the road three or four months a year. And I was in cool places like Hong Kong and Japan, um, Singapore, India, Australia. And uh, I was hearing music in the, you know, the bars and clubs and seeing DJs. So that at some level was also inspiring me. And um, I can remember that feeling of when I when I heard a DJ for the first time kind of blend two records and they're both playing. And I'm like, wow, like that's something I want to be able to do myself someday or learn more about. So fast forwarding, the stock markets crashed. Um, I moved back to New Jersey and settled down a pretty dry finance job. Um, and that's when I started uh, getting more interested in DJing. So I bought a $99 like Radio Shack mixer, started playing around at home, um, did a few house parties and then got, got hooked. So, um, you know, from there I was um, doing my full-time finance job. And then on the weekends I was doing DJing. Um, so it was kind of the best of both worlds. I could dive into the DJ world without much financial risk because I had a steady paycheck uh, during the week and the rest was just, you know, additional and fun. But over time, my my music and DJ business was growing and growing and it was hard to be to do both. So at some point I made the leap and just decided to, uh, you know, be a full time mobile DJ. Wow. That's super amazing, man. Super exciting journey, you know, getting the spark and kind of just hitting the ground running, you know, starting as a part-time DJ, you had a great income from your full-time job and then doing it as a, on the side and having mm -hmm. the leisure, you know, of doing it when you want to, um, because you already had that primary income. Then eventually you made that leap into full-time DJing, which is super exciting. Can be scary at the time, but I'm glad that you made that leap and you were finding success in it, man. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I want to hear, you know, what kind of steps were you able to take to kind of prepare yourself to be be able to take that leap comfortably that's one of the scariest things that many people do take the leap into full-time entrepreneurship because you know being a full-time dj you're really an entrepreneur as well 
How did you right. take that step and what was kind of the process of you doing that comfortably um, and how can other DJs do the same thing? Right. Well, I think um, the longer you work as an, I say mobile DJ, I'm primarily a mobile DJ doing private parties, weddings, um, you know, sweet 16s, bar and bat mitzvahs, birthday parties, also dabbling a little bit in bar and club work, but that's more filler. Um, so I, I would say that after you, um, are doing this business for a while, you start to get into the rhythm of like, well, how much money would you make in a typical June? How much money would you make in a typical October? Um, you know, how bad does business get in January and February when few people are throwing parties? Um, so I kind of had that as a baseline. I understood, you know, just doing this part-time, um, I could make about this. And then I figured, well, if I was in this full-time and devoting a lot more time in into marketing and networking, I know I could do um, even better. So I I had the confidence that we would be okay as far as the numbers go. And I think in the first three years after I went full-time, um, we were able to double the business. And then from there, probably grow, you know, 10 to 20% a year for, um, you know, the next, you know, seven years. So, you know, we went from, uh, you know, back when it was just me, I think I was doing maybe 50 events a year and fast forwarding to 2019, I guess our, you know, our, the last year before COVID came along and changed things a little bit, you know, our company, um, you know, we had 24 entertainers on staff and, um, did over 500 private events. So, wow. um, yeah, like I didn't even, it just kind of, happened i never planned it to happen that way or had targets but we we grew we were doing the right thing and, it, and the magic happened wow man I, I really love this man you've really grown and progressed with this journey and it really just started from a spark and you just hit the ground running and kind of went with it leading to where you're you know we're at you know in 2019 over 500 gigs um a, a year and i think that's super tremendous man you know what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick commercial break but when we come back we're going to dive deeper into some of the things that you did to get to that point so our viewers can learn how they can do that as well okay sure And we're back with the My DJ Story podcast. I'm here with my brother, DJ Greg Ambient. He's an amazing DJ that have built an empire in the making. And I'm super excited to hear how he built that empire, you know, starting from just being a mobile DJ on his own. You know, he was able to get a lot of gigs as a solo kind of person doing this, but then he was able to build a team and build a business around his journey as a DJ. So walk us through this. It seemed like you had a very methodical process to building systems of how your business can grow 20% year after year. And I think that a lot of DJs, and it may be coming from your education, and your finance background as well, on how you were able to think in that process and achieve that for your business. So walk us through how you kind of set that foundation to set up a system that allows you to get more customers and grow your business year after year and just help us walk us through that process so other people can have a framework on how they can do the same thing. Sure. So, um, yeah, in terms of, um, you know, revenues, there's, there's two components. There's uh, volume, the quantity of jobs you're doing, and then there's the price, the average price. So I think by, you know, focusing a little bit more on your mix, that's, that's very important. So if you know, weddings in, in the case of our company are our largest and most profitable segment, 
Um, so we, we definitely emphasize weddings. Um, you know, an average wedding ticket for us is probably like, you know, $1,700 uh, plus or minus um, versus, you know, if you're working a lot of, you know, bars and clubs, um, you know, those could pay a couple hundred dollars a night. Um, you know, bars and clubs have changed a lot through the years. Back in the 80s, that was the place to be. There were no, you know, people weren't going to bars, watching sports games on the flat screens or on their phones. Um, it was a real social hub. So the places were packed. There was a lot of money. And actually, DJs were making more in the 80s, uh, you know, working in bars than they make in, uh, you know, 2021. So, um, you know, we use it we use it for filler. But yeah, your mix of, of jobs is important. Um, so if you get that right, you're going to grow. And then, um, you know, basically just taking on a lot of work, having good people. Um, Iron Mike was my first, uh, you know, additional system in our multi-op. And you interviewed him um, a few weeks ago. Great guy. He's been with uh, the Ambient team for about 15 years now. Um, really talented guy. And then he introduced me to his good friend, Christopher Smith, DJ Spins, who's another uh, marquee DJ, great guy, just like the total package. So it was the three of us. We we're all doing great job um, out in the field, passing business cards. So, you know, word of our good work spread. So we started to get repeat customers, referrals, and it grew organically. We were all booked up, so we added a few more DJs and and then so on and so forth. And, um, you know, it's sort of like compared to like a, uh, a dentistry practice where, you know, you're a dentist, you just come out of, uh, you know, dentist school, you you're full of debt, you have no patience, you're starting at zero. So you go out there, you start practicing your craft and word spreads that you're, you know, a great dentist, you get referrals and then it just gets easier. So if I were to stop advertising at this point, like the phone would keep ringing for a few years just because of all those business cards um, that we have out in the field and people that we know. So it's a lot easier now, but you got to put in the hard work up front to make it happen. Yeah, man, that's really good advice. You know, it's tough at first. You got to really build that early momentum. Then after you gain that early momentum, things become much easier, like you said, and you're able to build that community and kind of reap the benefits of having that community that cares about you and refer you out and get you more clientele. Then those clientele get you more clientele and that cycle continues. You know, I would love to hear, do you have any tools or any resources that you were using to keep yourself organized so you can grow your business um, in, a, in a very organized way? Yeah. So in the early days, you know, I'm a, you know, numbers jockey. So I was, you know, rocking Microsoft Excel and my spreadsheets and those were great for a time, but actually, you know, our systems started, you know, like my proprietary systems at some point couldn't handle the volume of, of action. So there was a pretty sad year, maybe like, I don't know, eight years ago where I double booked myself, like, twice in a month when they we're talking like weddings that's bad you know um so the the systems failed the processes failed so i had to redesign them um so there's a lot of uh you know checks and balances to avoid double bookings but um about a year ago and um during the um you know pandemic when i had a lot more free time on my hands we converted to a great software um you know, uh, CRM management system called DJ Event Planner, 
which uh, I would highly recommend whether you're a, you know, a single op or a multi-op, but it just keeps things very organized and automates a lot of the, um, you know, the, the processes that we have, the emails to clients, um, collecting deposits, keeping track of the money, reminding DJs, hey, you're going to be here this Saturday. I give them reminders to check in with the clients, you know, 10 days before. Another reminder, they have to confirm their events. So um, it frees up a lot of my time to do more fun things rather than, you know, pushing paper. That's great, man. And DJs out there, if you're not using some type of CRM or any tools to organize your bookings, please invest time and energy and finances into these systems. So that way you can streamline your business and be much more organized. That's the only way you're going to be able to grow because without organization, you don't know what direction you're going. You're not going to be able to keep up with the demand and satisfy your customers. That's going to promote you and get you even more clients. So it really Mm -hmm. starts with how he had a foundation of organization that allowed him to grow 20% year over year and really build that empire that he has built over the years. I love it, man. Thank you for sharing that. You know, I yeah. love to hear, you know, what was your mindset in regards to how you went about building your team? You know, it started by yourself, then you found a friend, then your friends, you know, came together and then you just added more people as that demand filled. You know, what was your process of onboarding new people to the team and how does the relationship with the people that are on your team operate for your business? Right. So, um, well, Iron Mike, as the first, I found him through Craigslist back when Craigslist was a you know a big thing, um, but but kind of after him and 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 spins, um, I've more discovered uh, and recruited or just connected with DJs through you know everyday life and and in the course of my travels. So I did go back to doing those Craigslist postings or on Facebook. I say, hey, DJ wanted, and I would get two hundred responses. It would be the same guys that always respond and um, they just are looking to pick up some extra gigs. They didn't really want to be a a member of a team. And, you know, I want team members. So um, so that style of recruiting, I would say, failed us um, overall. So it was more like, well, I I met a a DJ at the DJ Association meetings and um, he seemed like a good fit. We were we were vibing. So. Um, let's talk some more. Um, I had a few guys who actually cold called me. They they uh, emailed me a letter, but it wasn't just like a uh, generic um, you know cookie cutter letter. They actually personalized. I could tell they spent a little time checking us out and what we were about and why we might be a good fit. Um, so they they kind of realized that they might be a good fit, and they were. So we have several people on our team um, that are here as a result of, uh, you know, them seeking us out. I'm always on the lookout for, for new people though, you know, um, DJs come and go, you know, they just, they grow up, they have families. So we need to keep the pipeline of talent fresh. And, you know, I realized, well, you know, I'm going to be 50 next week. So, um, I'm not, I can do sweet 16s, but I'd rather send out a, uh, an energetic uh, DJ in his early twenties, uh, who I think would connect better with, with the audience and probably have a better time than I would. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's really great advice and happy early birthday. We're super excited. Thank you. Uh, the big 50 and you're super just doing a great job with your DJ business. And I'm glad to hear that you're still, you know, looking for DJs to join the team, you know, just to kind of put a plug out there, you know, where can DJs that are interested in working with you, um, you know, apply or, or get in touch with you? What's, what's your process of onboarding these new team members? 
Yeah, I mean, um, our website is ambientdj.com and our, our email address is right on there. Or, you know, send me a direct message on Instagram or, you know, anyway, any, however you want to connect with us. Awesome. Yeah. One thing we love to talk about here on the My DJ Story podcast is branding. You know, mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about how you went about the ambient brand and how you went about kind of naming it and kind of what that branding means to you. Um, also talk about, you know, what experience people get when they hire the ambient team for their events. Sure, sure. So um, ambient um, comes from the concept of ambiance. So ambiance is like a mood a feeling it's typically more related to lighting than sound but it can also be sound so when i launched my dj company you know 20 years ago we were we're kind of in the the rave era and electronic scene so i that's my my first love i love um you know elect not ed like modern edm which i also like but more um you know house music and techno and and those genres that got got played over trance um, a lot of those DJs inspired me to kind of learn to mix and get involved with this in the first place. Um, so uh, I picked ambient as kind of a nod to electronica, but also just to a general, um, you know, feeling that that we as DJ entertainers could bring to a, a party. Um, and I also called our DJs from an early day rather than DJs or music mixers, I call um, the team music mixologists. So something a little different, um, you know, just to make us, uh, stand, stand out. Um, as I progressed through the mobile DJ, uh, industry, I realized that, well, you couldn't just sit back there and mix music and create an ambiance. You also have to get on the mic. You also have to bring the excitement. People remember, you know, a personality, probably more than a guy who mixes really smooth. So, so we've evolved, but we're probably a little bit on the more subtle side than say, you know, a company that would be like Redline Entertainment or over the top or extreme, you know, we run at a little lower level, a little bit more of a musical level. Nice, man. I love it, man. I think that's super fitting for what you're doing. And the name is super rememberable. Um, I like it. And I think, you know, I'm in New Jersey, so I think I definitely heard about Ambiente just before even starting the club. So you definitely have a presence, even if, you know, people don't don't know it directly subconsciously that when they hear it, they're like, for some reason, I think I know that name. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's the first feeling that I got when I heard the name of your company. Um, talk to me a little bit about some of the things you do for promotion and advertisement. Um, you spoke to me, you know, about, you know, you've been, you know, investing in advertisement. And if you stop, you'll still have clients coming in due to referrals. Right. But what are some of the things that you are doing now in terms of advertising um, and some things that you tried in the past, but you stopped doing maybe because it didn't work. So some of the things that work with advertising, some of the right. things that don't work so people can learn and not make the same mistakes. Right. Yeah, I, I, first off, I would say that there's no right or wrong answer for everybody. Like, just because I say it worked for us, it might not work for you. So you always have to find what works best for your particular situation and market. Um, so for weddings, uh, from an early stage of our company, I decided I want to advertise in the um, Wedding Wire and The Knots, which are two premier portals where, you know, if you're getting married, you're going to be on Wedding Wire and The Knot. And um, they're not inexpensive, but they are very um, highly traversed. So, um, so long as they work and we're getting um, leads and bookings from them, I've always been happy to pay those uh, advertising fees. 
which in some years have been higher than my you know monthly mortgage. But uh, again, it's not an expense. It's it's only an expense if it doesn't work. So the fact that we've maintained it, and even during the pandemic, we didn't cut our advertising. I, I maintained it. That's one aspect. I'd say that's where we spend the bulk of our hard dollars. And then um, as far as our time goes, uh, social media marketing is very important. So consistency. Um, <clears throat> I post, um, you know, several times a week on Instagram and Facebook, put a lot of content out there. Um, and I think the consistency matters because people see, Hey, you're, you know, you're the real deal. You're out there working. You're at some cool venues. You're at some high end venues. You're doing cool stuff. You plant some seeds in people's heads that subconsciously they they're going to remember you. And when they have a party to refer, they're ready hire a DJ, they'll think of you and hopefully give you a call. Um, as far as failures go, I would say we did an in-store um, promotion program at David's Bridal um, down in, uh, I guess, on Route 1 in Lawrenceville, close to the Quaker Bridge Mall. So we got to spin some tunes, you know, once a month and we got a mailing list and um, it, it, it didn't work out. I mean, we... Um, maybe got like one booking from it and cost us like, you know, $3,500 for the year. And I think the lesson there was, it just was, I think David's bridal was, was drawing a lower uh, income uh, bride. It just wasn't the right demographic for, you know, our services, but lessons learned, other things were working. So we, we were fine. That's good. That's good to know. I think that um, by trying out different marketing methods, you at least know and have the validation that this works, this doesn't work. And one mm -hmm. thing that you spoke about is that it's not about the expense. It's about the ROI, the return on investment that validates if the marketing channel is working or not. So DJs out there, if you're spending on marketing, if you're using effort to market, uh, make sure you just consider what's the ROI, the return on your investment of time and money. And that's what should justify if you should continue marketing or not. Not, all, oh, this is a high expense. This is a lot of money. No, just think about what are you getting out of that in investment? And that should determine if you should cut back, continue to spend, or even spend even more, depending on if right. you have the bandwidth to kind of supply to, to meet that demand of, of the business. Uh, but this is a really yeah. great interview. I, I think that I'm learning a lot about your process and, and, and a great process that has shown you a lot of success over the years. Um, what other advice, you know, before we jump into our lightning round, do you have for DJs that are looking to scale up their business? And, you know, especially we've been in a tough year with DJ industry. Right. Um, we're, we're getting back to in-person events as, you know, this pandemic seemingly, you know, is, is coming to an end. Um, right. I, I would love to hear, you know, what are some things DJs should be focused on right now to mm -hmm. increase their success in, in getting clientele yeah. and building their business? Yeah. Um, well, I think, I think, um, DJ associations and DJ expos are, are, are gold. And, uh, we have the DJ times, uh, DJ Expo in Atlantic City coming up this August. It will be like a big reunion party. Um, there's just so much to gain from attending, whether it's the uh, seminars um, where you're going to learn performance tricks, marketing uh, tips. You're going to get inspired by people who have done it on a big, uh, a big scale. You know, you, you might run into Paul Oakenfold or Lil John or who knows. Uh, you get to check out the latest gear. And there's all the networking opportunities out in the, you know, the hallways, uh, which just make it a great time. And also, uh, you know, a business expense that you can write off uh, at the end of the year. Um, DJ associations, um, 
you know, the New Jersey Disc Jockey Network, which I think is inactive since, um, you know, post post COVID, but that was a great help um, to to me and the growth of, of my career, uh, just being around successful DJs, learning from them, shadowing from them, um, and uh, actually, you know, networking with them. So we would collaborate, you know, join forces to do shows together or like, hey, um, we don't specialize in this, but you do. Here's a here's a lead. Um, they got me um, comfortable doing types of parties I never imagined I could do, like to MC a, uh, a bar mitzvah. I like I never envisioned I could do that, but now I do them all the time. So, um, yeah, uh, networking with other DJs, single ops, multi ops, because you can't be everywhere all the time. You know, if you're if you're networking with a single op, he's booked up, he gets a lead. You know, he can give it to you and you can help him out. We can help each other. We're not competitors. We're friends. And it, it all works out in the end. I love it, man. This has been some really great advice. We also have party goers and people that book DJs that listen to this podcast as well. I'd love to hear, you know, who is your ideal client and why should they choose to book your work with ambient DJs? Yeah, um, I think, um, you know, our ideal client is someone that appreciates the uh, value that a, a skilled DJ can bring to a party, someone well-versed in, in music and different styles of music, and who has a very professional demeanor and, and wants you know concierge service throughout the, the booking and planning process. Um, that's what we deliver, and, and we deliver it at, yeah, I would say a, uh, a fair price point uh, for, for the value we're providing. We don't really position for the luxury segment um, that some DJs go after. And that's very interesting as well, but it's just not us. We like to be in the, I would say, the upper middle income type segment where there's a lot of events that can keep our, uh, you know, our multi-op uh, team busy. Awesome, man. I love it. I'm really impressed with the way you go about your business and the way you talk about it and your process and your flow. Um, I can clearly see why you're successful at what you do and congrats to you and everything you've accomplished. Thank you, Daryl. <laughs> yeah, at this time, we're going to jump into the lightning round. Are you ready? Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> Describe your DJ setup, hardware and software. Sure. Uh, so uh, hardware... Pioneer SRT 1000 controller, which has got the, the CDJ tops, which I learned on. Love it. Um, Mackie SRM 450s for my tops. I use QSC subs. Um, Chauvet uh, lighting equipment for smaller gigs. I use the Gig Bar 2. For larger events, we have uh, some Intimidator moving heads. Um, on the software side, primarily Serato DJ. Um, but for music video mixing and karaoke, I also use virtual DJ. Who's your favorite DJ? I'm going to go with Paul Oakenfold, um, who I had the uh, honor of, of meeting in Las Vegas. But uh, like I had mentioned before, he inspired me to become a DJ. He's a very worldly international guy, uh, uh, spins trance, house music, um, Saw him live at the Electric Factory in Philadelphia. It was probably the best event I've ever been to in my life. What has been your favorite party or event that you DJed at and what made it special? Right. Um, I would say rather than a uh, particular party, but it's a, a type of party where and I'll, I'll use a wedding, but a, a wedding where um, both sides of the family 
are coming together out on the dance floor. They're there to have fun. You've got grandma out there. You've got kids. You've got the bridal party, the bride and groom. Um, it's not stuffy. It's it's fun. Everyone is all in and the vibe is electric. I just had one like that um, a couple Sundays ago. Name some of the best places to party in your city. <laughs> East Windsor. Uh, uh, so, um, yeah. So musically, uh, I would uh, say TGI Fridays in North Brunswick where Iron Mike spins. That's usually a really good party and that's coming back online. Um, uh up in Englewood, uh, there's a great lounge called Sophia, which I occasionally guest DJ at, and some of our team members work at consistently, but that's a great vibe. Uh, a lot of celebrities, a lot of fancy cars coming through, good music. And um, places that I like to go in Central Jersey, more for the craft cocktails, but uh, Verve in Somerville and Clyde's in New Brunswick. What's one thing that you think is missing from live streaming for DJs? Um... Yeah, I, you know, I haven't gotten too deep into live streaming myself during the pandemic. I was more doing mixed cloud mixes. That's how I was expressing and connecting with my uh, my my followers and fans. Um, but I mean, I for for uh, live stream shows, I enjoy the shows where the DJs interact with their audiences and are able to, to chat and, um, you know, make it fun rather than, you know, just being in the mix for all that time and it, it could get tedious and people, you know, you can see the people popping in and out. And shout out to DJs, you know, personally, whose stories also need to be shared on this podcast. Yeah. Um, gosh, well, I mean, uh, DJ spins, Christopher Smith, uh, is, is a, is a great guy. Uh, like though I know, well, I think he's got a great story. Um, cloak dagger, um, uh, Andre Ovalle, Dre, DJ Dre Ovalle. I don't even know if you've covered him yet, but um, those are a few names for you. Awesome, man. Yeah, we look forward to hearing their stories on the show one day. And any DJ that wants to be on the show can sign up at djsignup.com. And brother, where can people find you online or even in person if you're still doing events? Right. Um, so um, on Instagram, uh, we're Ambient DJs, A-M-B-I-E-N-T-D-J-S. Uh, on the web, ambientdj.com. Uh, we're on Facebook at Ambient DJ. Uh, at this point, I don't have any regular residencies. Um, I'm not sure if I'm even going to go back to those post-COVID. I'm trying to, you know, focus um, a bit more on running the business and and actually performing a bit less as I, uh, you know, move into my my fifties. But um, that just means I, I say that every year, and then I end up, you know, working like crazy. So <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Awesome, man. This has been a tremendous interview. DJs, if you're listening, you need to re-listen to this episode over and over again. He dropped a lot of gems on how to build your business in a very methodical and systematic way. So please take the lessons of my brother, DJ Greg Ambient. He has the system figured out and you can grow your business just as he did. So thank you so much for spending time with us today and we look forward to seeing you in the club. All right. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the My DJ Story podcast. If you haven't already, please join our community by downloading the club app for free in the Google Play and App Store today. While you're there, do us a huge favor by giving us a five-star rating and shoot us a message on Instagram telling us you did. I'd love to send you a free My DJ Story podcast t-shirt as a token of our appreciation. 
Thank you so much, and we'll look forward to seeing you in the club.